please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. from Rick Bonfin Ministries. Hope you're doing well today. Um, some of you might have received a phone call from one of us last night. We're starting to call people and uh, see if you're coming to Rekindle the Flame, which is going to be September 23rd through the 27th at Mount Bethel United Methodist Church in Marietta, Georgia. So um, if we don't call you, you call us and we'll get you registered and um, fill you in on everything that's going to happen at our Awesome Rekindle the Flame 2020 conference, September 23rd through the 27th, okay? All right, so we are in what um, one commentator said is the most beloved chapter in the Bible, John chapter 14. It's very powerful. And uh, we're at verse 15 where Jesus says, John 14:15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You might wonder, how do I know if I really love Jesus? <laughs> how do I know if, he said very clearly, if you love me, there's a way to tell. You will keep my commandments. Does this mean you will keep the law? Is he talking about a bunch of rules, a bunch of do's and don'ts? No, what is the commandment of Jesus? He, he summed up the commandment when he answered the scribe's question in Mark chapter 12, when one of the scribes came and recognizing he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the greatest of all? And Jesus answered, the, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. 
And then the parallel passage in Matthew 22 says, And upon these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the commandment of Jesus is love, isn't it? Love God and and receive his love. Love others and allow others to love you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, which is boils down to everything hangs on love. <coughs> but love is not a feeling. Love, just like faith, cannot be separated from obedience. It's all tied together. If you love me, keep my commandment, which is to love. And that love is active, just like faith. Um, he... Um, he says it again. He reiterates it in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. And then again he reiterates in verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. But like I said, it's all, it has to be, it can't be separated from obedience. It isn't just a feeling. Love is, it's actually, I think we could look at James as he explains what faith is and make a comparison that love, just like faith, has to be tied with obedience. It's, It's an action, not a feeling. Let me just read this um, let me read this section in James chapter 2 starting with verse 14. What use is it my brethren if a man says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food and one of you says to him, "Go in peace, be warmed, be filled," yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow? I love the way these gospel guys just said that was, you foolish fellow, (coughs) that faith without works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? Is that love? That you would love God so much you would not put your own child, your own beloved child before God, but you would offer him? So we're talking here about practical, sacrificial action, aren't we? You see that faith was working with his works. As a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works, and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not, here's another example of active, demonstrated faith. Rahab, the harlot, was also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So both love and faith, the word tells us, is practical, it's action, it's choices we make, it's disciplines in our lives, it's priorities, 
it can be measured that way. <coughs> people, many people today would say, you know, I mean, everyone's opinion is being expressed. Everybody is on Facebook. Everybody everywhere is talking about what's going on, right? There's no lack of opinion. And you can hear lots of people talking about we just need to love. And they're throwing these terms around. We need to love and accept each other. And um, they would say, I'm following God and I believe in God and I love God. But Jesus clearly says, you have to demonstrate it. I, I need to see it. You need to put your, your action where your mouth is. So I think there should be less opinions <laughs> and just more real demonstrated faith and love going on. That's, that's my opinion. Now I'll stop. <laughs> that's a good opinion. Um, but it's being exposed, isn't it? Hearts are being exposed where they're really at. In the midst of all of this hatred and division and confusion and, and opinions, Hearts are being exposed. Is it genuine love or is it selfishness? Yes. Betty, uh, on, on verse 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 14. In John chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you love me, keep, right, my commandments, right? Yeah, right. The, the word keep here means practice. Yeah. Meaning that you will not at all times... Be, be able to be perfect. Yep. You're going to mess up. Yep. But if you practice that commitment, yeah. then you love Him. Yes. Does that communicate with you? Yeah, yep. that's good. That's good. Um, a week or so ago, President Trump <coughs> walked out of his house. He went through his own backyard. And he went to a church which is known as the President's Church because many presidents have attended that church. And he held up a Bible And in so doing, he took a stand saying, I love God. He took a stand and said, I love this country. He took action. He did something to demonstrate where he comes from. You know, it's it's not easy. These are dark days. And actively loving God and actively demonstrating faith can get you criticized, can get you persecuted, can get you killed. But I was proud of President Trump when he did that, when he said, I'm not ashamed to say, I believe in this word. I love this country. God is our hope. So I believe he was keeping Jesus' commandment. He was loving Jesus in, in what he did. Um, okay, now, uh, well, I hope that this will flow. I'm going to try and fit it together. I have 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. Somebody's got that to read. Matt's got it. Would you read that for us? 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, shall shine upon them. Okay, and that's the main verse that I wanted us to to look at is verse 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. There's many voices, many opinions out there calling for something that they would say is love or um, what are some other words, tolerance, uh, um, equality. From a place of blindness, from a place of deceitfulness and craftiness. 
So um, how does this fit? Any, any comments? Well, I guess what you're seeing right now in the world and everybody's opinion is, is being portrayed, especially a lot of this um, unpeaceful protesting is being portrayed as a good thing mm -hmm. um, and that there's really fighting for people's rights and we love these people and that's yeah. why we're doing what we're doing. But yeah. in reality, most of those people are blind to the fact they're really spreading hate into the world and they're really spreading violence and aggression. So I think that's really the main you know, way that it fits in. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. I, like I said, I wanted this to fit together. I knew this verse. The, the God of this world has blinded the hearts. There are a lot of blind hearts doing a lot of things right now. It's coming out of a lot of blindness, deceitfulness, craftiness. <coughs> so Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And just like Rick said, God knows we can't do it ourselves. Without him, we are blind. The God of this world blinds us. That's our, that's our natural state. That's our default state is to be blind. We can't do it ourselves. We cannot love with a God love. We can't muster it up in ourselves. That love has to be given to us. So even if you're not blinded by the God of this world, and even if you want to actively love God, love Jesus, love others, you don't have it in you to do it. It's not humanly possible. But the good news is in Romans 5.5 5, where it says very clearly, to Romans 5.5 5 here, <coughs> hope does not disappoint because the love of God, that's agape love, that's love that comes from heaven, perfect agape love that belongs only to God, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. Praise God. He pours out love that He requires us to have. We can't get it any other way. We don't have it in ourselves. You guys all know the story of Corey Ten Boom? I always associate her story when I read that verse because um, she tells a story. She was a, a Dutch lady and she grew up in, her father was a clockmaker, and she learned to be a clockmaker. And um, they hid Jews in their home when Hitler was chasing down Jews and exterminating them during the Holocaust. And they had a hiding place in, built into their house. A friend of their family turned them in to the Nazi party, and they got put into concentration camps. Her father died. He was an elderly man by then. He died within a few days. Her older sister Betsy and she were in several brutal concentration camps and there was one particular guard that was very harsh and brutal to Betsy, her sister. And, um, you know, they suffered terribly and Betsy died in the concentration camp. By the grace and the miracle of God, Corey was freed. <coughs> she was supposed to be exterminated, but she was freed. And she spent the rest of her life traveling the world sharing her testimony and teaching that there is no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still, that Jesus is with you in everything. And so she's giving this wonderful message about the love of God and that Jesus is with you, and she sees in the crowd that guard who had hurt her sister so, so terribly. And when the, when the meeting was over, he came toward her with his hand out, to thank her for her wonderful message. And she recoiled with 
and hatred rose up. And she was like, I can't, I can't, I can't love this man. And then suddenly she says, she remembered Romans 5, 5. The Holy Spirit, some translations say, sheds abroad in our heart. It's like he, he just pours it like a waterfall. Sheds abroad his love in our hearts. Thank you for Romans 5, 5, Lord. And the love that she is required by our Lord to have was there. And she reached out and she took his hand. And he had repented. He'd become a believer. And he had come to tell her so. So she had love for someone that she could not possibly love because the Holy Spirit gives us that love. And that's the good news, isn't it? And that's what Jesus goes on to say here. After he says, if you love me, you will keep, you will practice my commandments. Then he says in verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. We, we all know this in Greek. The word is parakletos. Um, it means advocate or one who is called alongside to help. So Jesus first says, if you love me, you will practice my commandments. Next he says, I know you can't do it, so I'm going to send someone to help you do it. Someone who will walk alongside you and, and teach you and advocate for you. And when you do do wrong, he's like a defense attorney. He will, he will plead your case before the Father and, and um, he'll, just, he'll be there to get you through. Um, 1 John 2, 1. Somebody's got that. And it talks about the paraclete. It's by the same author. The Apostle John wrote 1 John. So he speaks there again in 1 John 2, 1 about the, the paraclete. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Right. So just like Rick said, it doesn't mean you never mess up. It doesn't. He said, if you sin, when you sin, he's there to help you. Get back, get back up. You know, Proverbs 24:16 says, "A righteous man falls seven times and rises again." Righteousness is not never making mistake. Righteousness is keep on getting up, keep on asking the Helper to help you fulfill the commandment of Jesus, which is to love God and love others. Amen. But only in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's making it very clear here. Only in the power of the Holy Spirit can we actively love, can we demonstrate active faith. It's not about law. It's not about keeping rules. Jesus is saying, if you love me, you'll desire to be like me. Right? That's what your heart's desire will be. But you can't. So I'll have the Father send you help. Will you always do right? No, but it's a matter of your heart. I'm looking at your heart. Then verse 17. <clears throat> let, me, let me start with 16 because it flows. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. By the way, helper has a capital H because it's a person. The helper is not a manual. It's not a rule book. It's an actual person, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Do you believe he's with you right now? Do you believe the Holy Spirit is, the, the definition is one called alongside to help. Do you believe he's just right there beside you now? Because he is. And he is a person, a living being, who is able to be at the same time with each one of us. Isn't That's the 
I mean, it's the infinity of God that he can personally be with you, Kaylee, all day long and help you. What? The same time he's personally with John, helping John. And he's personally with Kathy, helping Kathy. Amen? (coughs) So, um, now I have to start over again because I interrupted myself. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of Truth whom the world cannot receive. Now this is going to tie us back to the Second Corinthians. Whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Oh, not only alongside of you, in you. <clears throat> Notice it says that this helper is the Spirit of truth, not a spirit of truth. Again, there's many truths out there. And people are absolutely convinced, I've got the truth. No, I've got the truth. No, I've got the right history. No, I've got the right history. I've got the right account. There's one. There is one truth. One spirit of truth. Um, and the world cannot receive the spirit of truth. Again, Second Corinthians 4, who, who had that? Read it again. Read it again, Matt. And then, and then whoever has John 1, we're going to go to that next. No, read Second Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. Okay. And tie that together with what we're reading here, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because I wanted these to come together. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not faint, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay. So are you seeing how these fit together? Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you this helper, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because the God of this world has blinded them. And then first, um, not first John, John, the gospel of John 1, 9 through 11. <coughs> Kaylee's got it. The true light, which read it nice, nice and loud. Okay. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Okay. The wor- his own people, the world, did not receive him. Um, my um, NIV notes here was kind of helpful, so I wanted to just just wanted to read this part. The Greek noun for world, we've been talking about the world cannot receive him. The Greek word for the Greek noun for world is found 78 times in John's Gospel and 24 times in his letters, 47 times in all of Paul's writings. It can mean the universe, the earth, the people on earth, most people, people opposed to God, or the human system opposed to God's purposes. So this word, the world, is used many, many times, especially by John, 47 times. Did I say 47? By Paul. <coughs> I just thought we should define what is the world. When it, we're talking about the world, I like to know what we're talking about, to define the word. So 
if the world is the human system, the human system, we're not talking about stars and planets and trees and fish, right? We're talking about the human system that exists and has been developed. Why? Why can't the world receive? Well, first of all, 1 John 5.19. Does anybody have that or do I have that? I must have it. 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are of God. Praise God. We are not. We can know. I'm not of the human system. I'm not of the world. I am of God. We can know that. And if you're questioning that, that means the God of this world is trying to make you question it because the scripture says we can know I am of God. I am not of this human system. But the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. For a period of time, Satan has autonomy to rule the world. One day, Jesus is going to come back, blow him away with a breath of his nostrils, throw him into the lake of fire, and that will be the end of him. But for now, he is the ruler of this world. And then um, Jeremiah 17.9. Anybody have that? Kaylee does. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Okay, so in our own selves, our hearts are desperately sick, desperately wicked, right? So that's why in, in the human system and in our natural state, we cannot receive the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit cannot come to anyone who rejects Jesus and his work on the cross. And that is the only cure for our human state. <laughs> that is the only cure for wickedness, for darkness, for this blindness, for the inability to actively love and demonstrate active faith. So I guess to, um, just to wrap up, I just want to challenge you. It's difficult in these days because there's just so, there's so many voices. There's so much being said. Are you listening more to the voices of the world system? Or are you listening to what the Word of God plainly says you need to set your mind and your heart on and that you can know that you know that I'm not of that? That doesn't have to influence the way I think and feel because I am not of that. I am of God. Amen. I, I think we're all fighting this battle. You know, we're all, there's just so much to sort through these days that I just want to encourage you to, if you're listening to the voices of the world system, you need to renounce that. You need to, you need to reject it. And you need to repent of it. And say, Lord, I want to receive the spirit of truth. I need your helper to help me believe you. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Just say, and you can just, you can just pray with me. Jesus, I want to love you. I want to keep your commandment. To actively love. To demonstrate active faith. So Lord, remove blindness that the God of this world has put on me. I repent of my sins. I know you died on the cross to save me. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I now give my whole life to you. 
please send the helper, the spirit of truth, to abide with me and be in me and never leave me. In Jesus' name, amen. Goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.laterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.laterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.laterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.